Sí. Yeah, there it is. When that robot voice jumps in, you know it's time to begin. And wherever you are, whenever you are, and however you happen to be listening, we're so glad you've chosen to tune in to ELC. this podcast to power you through a workout or a run or hey maybe you're strolling through the tulips as they're blooming in spring maybe you're walking the dog maybe you're doing the dishes maybe you're in your car i don't know how am i supposed to know whatever the case we're gonna be in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes of gaming goodness because dlc is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way we love it to be. And that is completely free thanks to our patrons at patreon.com slash dlcpod. They bring the show to you. They are the reason that we exist. The wind beneath our wings and between our wings even. And in return, they get some cool stuff. I think it's pretty darn cool. They get ad-free versions of the show. They get video versions of the show. They get bonus content, ladies and gentlemen. Extra shows like Feeling This, the show with Alex Solman and Christian Spicer talking about the feelings behind video games. They get our Wednesday uh, crazy spectacular, the paid DLC program. Lana Bashinsky joining us. Sometimes Danish Syed joining us. Who knows who's going to pop in? It's a good time had by all. And you can participate by sponsoring the show, supporting the show at the Cool Ranch level at patreon.com slash DLC pod. But this show, the main show, DLC, it's the show all about games in their many forms. Games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles. Also games that involve dice luck and cardboard. I am your host, Jeff Kanata. That's spelled with two N's and one T. And I am joined... As always, by my friend, slash co-host, slash nemesis. The guy who always drops 50 in a game seven, Mr. Christian Spicer. Hello, Christian. Hello, Jeff. Hello, everyone. I don't want to spoil anything, but I think your top of the show energy there at the end was maybe trying to match something that I might be providing at the end of the show. Um, oh, my goodness. As, as we uh, get on that hype train. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything. All right. You know. Hey, uh, Christian, I was, uh, you know, uh, subtly referring to the fact that my Golden State Warriors came through in Game 7 against the Sacramento Kings uh, just tonight as we record. We're recording We're recording Sunday night, as we usually do. The show going to be a little delayed this week uh, because we're uh, we're holding out to be able to talk about Redfall. Christian and I have both played Redfall. We want to talk about it. But there's an embargo until 5.01 p.m. Pacific time on Monday. So the show's going to be a little late. You probably already know that, ladies and gentlemen, because you couldn't get it earlier. <laughs> couldn't, but couldn't. thank you for your patience. But the point is, uh, also this Sunday, uh, the Warriors advanced to face Christian Spicer's B team. Because, you know, he has multiple allegiances, evidently. He thinks fandom works that way. That's how it works. When you move, you get to adopt the new team. If After you've lived in a place no, for a decade, you have to you can swap also it be- out. You hot no, you swap don't. it like, like Indy in the bag of sand for the gold idol. You don't get to have both the sand and the idol. That's not true. I will forever be a fan of the 94-95 Rockets. And when they're <laughs> that good again, I will continue to be a fan of theirs. Throw me the idol. I'll throw you the whip. That's how it works. You can't have both. Anyway, the point is, his B team, the Los Angeles Lakers, have advanced to play my, well, I guess they advanced first. 
and uh, my yeah. Warriors. I mean, you now. should probably pick the Nuggets because they're. As speaking of B teams, they, be, that, good, they would Jeff. be my B team, but I <laughs> I believe really the good. fandom doesn't work that way, Christian. Okay. Anyway, I'm bringing this up because you're yeah. the one who told me before we started yeah. recording tonight we need to have uh-huh. a friendly wager. Yeah. On that series. Yeah. Christian's you know taking LeBron. Yeah. And I'm taking Steph, and we're gonna yeah. go head to head. Yeah. What what should the uh what should the wager be, Christian? If I win, you do the uh, thank yous as the Spice Man. Oh God! And never speak again. <laughs> Shred my voice. Um. Uh. If 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 the Lakers win, if the Lakers win, um, you have to intro the show as just I'm just your friend. <laughs> oh, it stings! It stings! <laughs> I don't know. I I gotta come up with something for you. If uh, if the Warriors win, you have to intro the show. Okay, <laughs> I get to deal. Take a break. <laughs> deal, deal. I feel bad for our guests that week. The big. I've always heard the intros are so great. And then I just, deal. That is it. That's the bet. I love it. That seems deal. like a lose lose to everyone. But you know what? <laughs> we'll figure it out. Uh, this is not a sports show, ladies and gentlemen. And we got a lot to get to. We got a lot to get to. There's big news, huge games, as we said. Redfall, uh, Jedi Survivor. We're going to talk about the this this spring apocalypse of video games uh, uh tm spring apocalypse uh it's catching on christian it's catching on uh and you know what ladies and gentlemen we have an awesome guest to do it with you know the dlc always stands for your downloadable canada and your downloadable christian but this week oh boy i'm excited because dlc stands for delivering lines and community because we have the social producer at ign as well as actor voiceover artist and host it's benjamin watts joining us for the first time hi benjamin well 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 let my reign of terror begin uh it is uh wonderful to be here i've been waiting for my invitation for years at this point but i've only worked at idm for a little while and uh i get it i get it but i'm here now and i'm ready to make you all pay for it Uh-oh. oh we've been sending oh the owl goodness. Non-stop, Benjamin. Like, the owl has been flown to your house time after time. I blame your uncle for not giving it to you. Or was it the <laughs> uncle? I don't know. I don't know Harry Potter that well. My reference stopped where it started, you know? Are you mistaking me for British, sir? Because <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fair dinkum Aussie, my mate. And the owls won't make it across the ocean that far. <laughs> that's why so many owls died trying to yeah, that, make... That explains it. <laughs> that's it. We've been that's sending it. them nonstop. We should have we, we been sending kangaroos. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, not across the ocean. I mean, they could hop on a ship for a fair few days. Prisoners. It doesn't matter. They, they put Prisoners a hop is what in hopping said. on a ship. Yeah. All those All right. criminal characters. <laughs> we did it. We are delighted to have you. Whatever the, whatever it took to get you here, Benjamin. Very <laughs> delighted to have you. And we got so much to, to talk about. Let's jump right in and start the way we always do. The story of the week. Story of the week. It's the story of the week. Story of the week. It's the story of the week. Story of the week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happen in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration by sending us an email to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. You can also send us comments or questions or anything you'd like us to know. We love hearing from you. dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Or, and... You can also visit one of our communities. We have a subreddit, which is 5x5dlc.reddit.com, and a thriving Discord full of fun folks. 
Check that out at 5x5DLC on Discord as well. The DLC Book Club, alive and well and strong, thriving in the DLC Discord also. And Lana and I just uh, finished up our uh, the first book of the Malazan Books of the Fallen. It's called Gardens of the Moon. We just finished. Uh, the last episode came out this last week. Uh, so much fun. Check that out on my YouTube page, youtube.com slash Jeff Canada. And then chat about it with us in the forums, in the Discord. Any hoosers. Benjamin, you are our guest. So you get first pick of stories. What would you consider to be your story of the week? Well, it's interesting because I was out most of this week, as I, we discussed before the show, at CinemaCon. So I was catching up on the news when I got back. And I think the biggest story out of this week was definitely the UK Competitions and Markets Authority has opted to prohibit Activision's Blizzard King Microsoft merger. And I'm like, is this thing ever going to happen? And I guess the question is, the UK thinks, should it happen? Probably not at this case. But obviously, we're not done. They can still appeal. But yeah, I, I, <laughs> this thing is just going to drag on for years and years and years. It is giving us stories of the week galore. I tell you what, I, I, this has got to have the record for the most stories of the week in DLC show history. Uh, I don't know. This got to be the sixth or seventh or eighth time we've talked about this story. And it keeps the, the, the twists and turns are unpredictable. It's certainly proving us wrong. Christian and I have, have predicted this was going to sail through uh, virtually uncontested, especially after the CMA, or as I like to call it, the Country Music Awards, uh, which is actually the, the UK Competition and Markets Authority. Uh, they indicated, hey, we got no problems. Everything's cool beans, baby. Microsoft, we like the cut of your jib, they said. No problems here when we're talking about competition, so no worries. Uh, and then lo and behold, this week, not so fast. Uh, hey, competition, yeah, again, jib, recut, liking. No problems with the competition. It's that pesky cloud service, uh, which is what they ended up basing this decision on. Uh, they said, uh <clears throat> In relation to cloud gaming services, we found that Microsoft already has a strong position. It owns a popular gaming platform, Xbox, and a large portfolio of games, and leading PC operating system, Windows. Have you heard of Windows? And a global cloud computing infrastructure, Azure, and Xbox cloud gaming, giving it important advantages in running a cloud gaming service with an estimated 60 to 70% market share in global cloud gaming services. It's already much stronger than its rivals. We found that the merger would make Microsoft even stronger and substantially reduce competition in this market. We found that Activision's titles, including Call of Duty, World of Warcraft, and Overwatch, will be important for the competitive offering of cloud gaming services as the market continues to grow and develop. So it goes on here, but basically they're saying uh, no, uh, very strange for me this week. I was actually in the UK. I was, I was having brunch with our friend, uh, will with one L Harris, uh, in, in the UK. I was there for business for one day. The one I day I was there, there just for brunch. I, I went to the UK for brunch. I, did. I was back by dinner and, uh, <laughs> you know, that's the jet setting lifestyle. I live, I lead with two <laughs> small children, but no, I was there for a, a, a business thing. And, and, 
the one day I'm there, this gets announced. I promise I had nothing to do with it, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but this is huge. As uh, Christian, you and I have been saying over and over, this is going to happen. And now uh, it, it seems somebody doesn't want it to happen. Benjamin, what is your take on this right now? Uh, at, at this juncture, juncture, do you think this is going to happen? Do you think Microsoft will acquire Activision Blizzard King? Well, I wouldn't say uh, that I am the most strategic mind. Uh, <laughs> I, I definitely think out of all the people at IGN that you could have got to speak on any of these topics, I am the make-a-wish kid of that group. So I appreciate <laughs> you having me. Um, I think this is still going to happen, but it's only because I, 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 when I find myself agreeing closer with what Microsoft said, which seems that, that the UK commission seems to not particularly understand the idea of cloud gaming that's where i'm that's where i sit i think they're still going to push it through i think they're going to appeal and i mean this is only one of many territories this has to get approved uh, and obviously this complicates things with the they other markets the eu the us they can borrow from this argument and help it to strengthen their argument if they choose that they want to obviously stop this going through um yeah. i i'd have to bet on on the side currently of big business rather than government authority um, uh, in, in this, in this particular debate. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess that is the safer bet. Uh, Christian, how about you? Uh, at this point, like we I've been saying all of these different twists and turns, all of the protestation from Sony and Nintendo and all the concessions that Microsoft has had to make along the way of, Hey, we're going to put, Call of Duty on Switch for 10 years. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, we have constantly said we thought this was going to sail through uh, with only a few, uh, you know, <laughs> minor <laughs> complaints along the way. Uh, but it's it, this certainly seems like much more than a minor complaint. This seems like a major stumbling block. Are you do you, do you anticipate that this is going to be a different uh, different outcome than what we've been predicting? Yeah, I have some thoughts. I, I, I think this is the first time where I think that the brakes have been pushed. You know, the UK has blocked some stuff in the past. Uh, you know, NVIDIA Arm and uh, a few others, smaller tech deals um, that were also stopped. And, and this a appealing, this process, as I have learned and kind of read up on it, you can. The chance of success is small, it seems, you know, in history winning this on appeal doesn't uh the odds aren't in your favor you know uh it's possible probably not probable and what i find fascinating about so much of this is the idea of yeah if you're launching a cloud gaming service having activision's games on your service would be a big selling point of you know cre creating a new one activision maybe making their own because they don't want to put their games somewhere else because they're not now part of microsoft and this is where the landscape is going. So they need to be a part of it. So they're funding innovations in the space in that way, or, you know, NVIDIA purchases the catalog to do this out of the other, like wanting those jewels to be included in a, in a streaming cloud gaming library that does feel important. Um, cloud gaming isn't established yet. You know, it is still in its quote unquote infancy in terms of acceptance, um, whether or not the infrastructure will be there to ever fully support it in, in a big way still remains a question mark. 
but it, it certainly didn't seem like the the speed bump that this acquisition you know seemed to take. My favorite part about it, uh, Benjamin and Jeff, is this quote from Microsoft President Brad Smith, who says some other stuff, but then he goes on to say, "This decision, I have to say, is probably the darkest day for our. Sorry, this decision, I have to say, is probably the darkest day." In our four decades in Britain, it does more to shake our confidence in the future of the opportunity to grow a technology business in Britain than we've ever confronted before. Like those are some, those are some words. Microsoft's darkest day in four <laughs> decades. It's dramatic. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, it's, uh, yeah. It, it's uh, he, he also one. said, you know, we remain fully committed to this acquisition and will appeal, uh, which yeah. is, you know, Benjamin mentioned that, you know, Benjamin, I think you made a great point earlier and i want to i want to underscore it because i i do this does feel to me like the first person to raise their hand you know like everybody's like hey does it you know <laughs> if anyone at this marriage has any opposition speak now or forever hold your peace and everybody's looking at each other like is anybody to say anything about how janet and roy do not belong together at all. Well, no. A lot of other countries were visibly <laughs> shaking their head. No, they had nothing to say. They were like, we approve. What, yeah, totally we fine. Approve? Totally yeah, fine. Yeah. And then one person's like, yeah, I got something to say. And it, this feels like one of those things where because somebody started the domino, other countries might, or other, you know, organizations, uh, oversight, uh, regulatory, like, you know, boards, I guess you would say, um, we'll, we'll have this as a template, as you mentioned it. I think that's a really great point. And that's, that's probably something that's got to scare Microsoft is once the first government organization says, says boo, uh, it, it allows all the others to have a, a, a leg to stand on. And, and that may, may prove to be the, the worst part of this. Right now, Sony is very happy that their cloud gaming business is also not very advanced. They're like, yeah, <laughs> we are glad Stadia failed, and we are glad that, uh, what's ours called? P- Plus? Extreme? Yeah. We don't know. Well, yeah, cloud gaming, it's uh, still forming. Yeah, woo. <laughs> I mean, there yeah. must have been bottles popped over there. It is, I was I was shook. I think, I think you texted this to me as it broke, Jeff, because you were... In UK, I was they had a text at like four a.m. as I'm waking up to my phone bang, bang, and I'm like, "What? No way!" I was I was sitting there with my my sweet corn tamales uh, with mm. poached egg uh, there on the Thames, sitting there on a barge on the Thames with Will with one L Harris sitting across from me, and uh, he goes, "Jeff, have you heard?" <laughs> and I I tut tutted. I tut-tutted and, and nearly spilled my tea. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> uh, but no, it, it, you're right. It, this is really, you know, we're not experts <laughs> at all. But, it, <laughs> but reading the experts, nobody really thought, and especially because they had made a point, the CMA, uh, as I mentioned, they had made a point to release a statement saying, hey, we don't have any problem with their competition. The, the competition, uh, you know, we don't. We think there's a strong enough competition that them acquiring Activision will not significantly injure their competitors. Well, you know, the Sony's and the Nintendos of the world don't have anything to worry about here, uh, with regard to you know selling console games, etc. And I, we all took that. I, I think many experts reading the tea leaves, many, all of us going, hey, that seems like a pretty good 
you know, uh, indication of where this is going. That we don't have any problems. Full speed ahead. But, uh, you know, that, so that's what was so surprising to me, that then they came out and said, no, yeah, we, we, we still feel that way, but there's this whole other element of it that uh, is, is the thing that's going to cause us to say no. So wild guess, yeah. to me i'm 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 curious whether or not microsoft knew that the cloud gaming component would be a stumbling block for them or like how how big of the acquisition is the cloud gaming whether it's like they make it seem like yeah if you can get past the games well then we'll sail through the cloud gaming stuff and that's what we really want or they're like okay like if this is if this is all we've got is like Oh, the cloud gaming stuff. Nobody understands that. This is gonna that's the part. That's the part that we'll, we'll get for nothing. Um, so, how much of a shock? I mean, from their dramatic response, a dark day in the history of Microsoft. <laughs> Sounds like it should be on an old timey radio in the nineteen twenties. Yeah. Today, today, today is a day, day, day that will live, live, live in infamy, infamy. Um, it, it's pretty forward thinking of the CMA, to be quite frank, because. Um, this does seem to be the future of gaming, right? Uh, them saying, hey, yeah, we don't have any, we don't see any problems with those people selling, you know, games on consoles. But that's, that's the last 30 years. The next 30 years is this other thing. And that's what we're worried about. We're worried about Microsoft consolidating power over the next big thing, not the last or current big thing. And I think that's pretty, um, remarkably forward thinking for any kind of governmental agency, right? Because most governmental agencies are like, oh yeah, yeah, no, those buggy whips seem fine. Totally fine. Yeah, we're, we're not worried about the buggy whip industry going away. And it's like, yeah, guess what? The entire buggy whip industry is going away. It doesn't matter. Um, makes me sad about this. And I think the CMA's thought, which I don't think is inaccurate, but what makes me sad about it is... It's setting ourselves up in the gaming space or their fear, right, is that the gaming space will be a lot like the television streaming space where you have to have a hundred different services to get the games. Like the competition is what service is going to command which games and that determines what you subscribe to or what you do. I mean, I know there is some exclusivity in music, but generally speaking, I love the fact that if you're listening to something on Spotify and you're like, you have to listen to this album you can tell me what the album is and I can get it on Apple music or YouTube music or whatever prime. Yeah. Like I, I love that it's just there and it is so frustrating in TV where it's like, you got to watch 1886. What is that on paramount? Oh, is that the same as Yellowstone? No, that's on Peacock. Aren't they the same people? Yeah. But, and I might have right. those backwards, but it's yeah. like, Oh, poker oh, face yeah. is great. What is that on? I don't know. Uh, the, the number of, of times, <laughs> the number of times I've just used my Roku to search because you can search on your Roku across all the like, where is it streaming? And like, oh yeah, no, I subscribe to that, not to that, yes to that, not to that. You know, yeah, you, I think I you're spend... totally right. And that brings me to the next question, which is one that I've skirted every time this process has come up, <laughs> which is I don't know, I genuinely don't know what to root for in this in this situation. Because Benjamin, I think you're right that like it is big business consolidation that is ostensibly pretty bad, you know, historically pretty bad uh, for anything. You know, we want competition. You want <laughs> all you, of it <laughs> in any market, right? <laughs> consolidation is it ends up being pretty bad, and yet 
I'm paying for Game Pass, and more stuff that's on Game Pass is pretty good. You know, it's pretty good for me. So, uh, what are you rooting for, Benjamin? What What do you want? Are, do you want this appeal to work, or what do you want? It's one of those things that's like I don't have a dog in the fire, and it's important that I don't. It's important that it 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 just the it it all falls where it may. Um, I think. I also have Game Pass. I'm a big fan of Game Pass. Um, I, 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 I have an old Activision Blizzard on that Game Pass. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> right. If if things go easier, but I mean, the price will go up. Every like they'll have to compensate for all these massive titles that are on the. At some point, there is a ceiling. I assume to Game Pass and what people are willing to pay. Um, I'm sure they've all gone through the numbers and figured out what that is. Um, but I mean, yeah, more stuff on Game Pass is always. There's nothing better. Than getting that, like, hey, you want to play this? Yeah. This is out now, and you can have it. Right yeah, we're going to talk about Go Redfall in a second. You know, <laughs> pretty nice exactly. to be able, like, hey, all that Bethesda acquisition means that Redfall's on Game Pass. <laughs> you know, but yeah. Now, when I said at the beginning, I was like, I know that Microsoft's argument, uh, one of their things was like, this shows a fundamental uh, misunderstanding of what cloud gaming is. I mean, that's kind of their rebuttal. Um, and what you may not know, before I got, hopped on my kangaroo and got <laughs> made it across the ocean, yeah, 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 is that yeah. I worked for a government authority. What? <laughs> I You're worked the for man. a government. In, in ba- I was a very low level man. <laughs> in, in, in the talks of where men are, I was pretty low. Um, and so I had a, I'm it's not in the UK, but I, I've seen the inside of them for many, many years. And they don't have a great understanding of a lot of the things. Right. Um, especially because this is, I mean, they're not a tech agency. Right. They're a competition agency. Um, so they would bring in their experts and sometimes they are, you know, more just people they know. Um, <laughs> nobody look up where I worked, by the way. That is not important. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, you know, they, they work slow. They Sometimes they, they just take the one element that they can base their decision on. I'm not saying that this is the case. I'm just saying from my experience. Um, So that's why I'm, that's why I'm I'm still kind of like, I think big business will come out on top overall. Um, Not that that is what I want. Again, no dog in this fight. Game Pass can offer me whatever they want and I will play games wherever they are. (laughs) Christian, what are you rooting for? Activision Blizzard King's senior leadership being shown the door. Yeah, I know, but whichever version that, like, gets them out, that's what I'm rooting for. If that means uh, Microsoft acquires them and shows them the door, yes, please. If this fails and somehow it's a, an effective leadership and they get shown the door, that's what I'm rooting for. I, I don't. I think the best way to get them out is if Microsoft acquires them. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, they have a real culture reckoning coming because they've been presenting themselves as like the friends of gaming. Like we're not gonna put up a fight if you want to unionize we're the good guys we're this that and the other um so i i think i'm rooting for the merger uh for that very specific reason i also will plant my flag and say i know we've made some jokes and parks and rec is a funny show it kind of talks about all of it i'm a fan of government and independent government agencies like the cma like these aren't elected officials this isn't like the whims of the Oh, Brexit is this, that, or the other, or like, oh, in the US, it's like, oh, we have this new thing. So it's going to be this new government oversight, I think is generally a good thing. It taking slow and taking a long time. Also, probably a good thing. (laughs) Like, are there examples of these making mistakes in the past? Yes, I'm sure there are. But I am very much in favor of regulation. (laughs) A lot of times I'm in favor of 
uh, children not being chimney sweeps, you know, like um, but they sing I'm, adorable songs when they do that. Dude, just bangers, man. Just, just come on. But only for a little while before their throats entirely close up. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so sweet you know, before. you can't yeah, make yeah. an omelet. You know what I'm saying? Um, uh, yeah. So the, I, I think I, I think I'm rooting for it mostly because I want that uh, housekeeping to happen at uh, ABK. And by housekeeping, you mean sweeping chimneys. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> uh, I, I, I too uh, have generally been a fan of of, of government and oversight uh, until this last week when I tried to get my passport at the last minute. Holy <laughs> Come hell! On. Come on, you have no idea what garbage I went through. Bureau, bureaucratic garbage I went through. Anyway, that's a story for a different time. Wednesday, uh, fascinating like. fascinating this story continues to develop and just christian you know we thought oh this was going to wrap up by uh late may early june no way baby this is the gift that keeps on giving for story of the week come on it's gonna it's gonna be my game of the year uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes yes i'll yes. put more hours into this than any other game i've played <laughs> it's this so year <laughs> true. it's so true all right what is your story of the week uh i am to handheld gaming what you are to VR, my friend. Indeed. Uh, a moth to a flame. Give me a device that's under $1,000. I might, my finger might just buy it on accident. You know, yeah. like, do I need it? No. Am I going to buy it? Maybe. So the ROG Ally uh, has been officially unveiled, but also further leaked. <laughs> well, yeah, well, the details hadn't been unveiled, but those, right. it sounds like, got leaked this week. Yeah, so yeah. it it was initially announced, if you haven't been following, it was initially announced as an April Fool's joke, which was, like, a really weird time to announce this, and then it was, like, a few days later, they're like, and it's real. Okay, still a weird way to do it. Uh, and then some leaks started to come out, and they said, well, it's coming out sooner than you think, so here's some real info. And then the leaks were like, okay, that's all you gave us. Here's the real, real info. <laughs> and so we got information about the AMD Z1 and Z1, or the AMD Z1 and Z1 Extreme, the kind of two chipsets available, the regular and uh, super, so to speak. And then also pricing. ROG had come out and said that, you know, under $1,000, or I think first they said cheaper than you think. And then they were like, under I think $1, pretty $1, cheap, though. I think yeah. <laughs> I can be pretty. I like Game Pass. Like, I have a good imagination when it comes to cheap. <laughs> <laughs> and, but now the leak is that that higher end model is going to retail for six ninety nine, um, with I think five hundred and twelve gigabytes. I'm sure there'll be other storage tiers where you can mix match. Uh, and people are now speculating about what that lower tier entry level will be, and we're seeing some cross comparisons of specs versus that in the steam deck and it seems like if it hits this price which we should officially know um here early may with their official unveil may, may 11th, 11th yeah before you know it all gets leaked <laughs> ahead of that um this seems very competitive like I, again uh color me shocked that oftentimes when these types of devices with these types of specs come out from a smaller manufacturer like they're a big manufacturer this isn't like hp or you know microsoft doing it themselves or something or steam who can arguably sell it at a loss because everybody they sell a steam deck to is now buying games through their thing that they get 30 percent of all of that money from yeah. um this seems like really good specs the questions were the the specs the battery and the price and they've answered two of them that well they haven't two of them have been leaked yeah <laughs> 
and assuming it's got you, good battery you gonna get life. You're going to get one, Christian? I, I 700 bucks. I, I might try to jump on it if I can. Yeah. We'll I don't know how widely available they'll be, but it seems – I mean, we can talk about Steam Deck later uh, in terms of you know what I've been trying to, to play on it, and I would like to be able to play more games on a handheld. Right? They're talking like, uh, you can play games in co-op mode with two Xbox controllers on it. Uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, they, they, they're talking, I mean, the most compelling part is you mentioned this, but I'll under underline it. The most compelling part is quote, almost any game that runs on windows, steam, GOG, Xbox game pass, GeForce now, Android, and more. That's pretty awesome. It's just windows 11 or whatever, right? Like, it's right. Just a so why not? Machine. Why not? Anything that runs on windows, it can run on it. And as much as I have appreciated the Steam OS for the Steam Deck, which I think is is very very well done, very very well done, and feels like a console, and and you know has a lot of really wonderful bells and whistles that I think ease, you know, really make the the device idiot proof. To be frank, and you know, speaking as the idiot, uh, I, I like that. Right? It's not it, I. You have to really try to to break it you know you can do all the the fun things that people do and they sideload stuff onto it but it, it it is not insignificant that it has an os that tells you what works and what doesn't tells you if it doesn't know if something works like it's all very streamlined and very user-friendly and it sounds like this is this uh this rog device this uh, asus device is going to be the wild west it's really going to just be like hey it's a computer we made a real small computer you know which has a great upside in that my xbox game plus games i can play on it and my this and that and this and that but the downside is it's catch as catch can right there's not going to be any <laughs> there's not going to be you're just going to see if something works on it or not right there's well, either gonna, one, like you, you do it like you would it was a computer right you'd look at the specs and be like uh yeah, this I is guess. this this is that but isn't but, that it feels like Benjamin weigh in on this. It, that feels like a pain to me. Yeah, I, I comes like exactly what you're saying. How user friendly does it turn out to be? But like I was saying, you guys before, my PC expertise is not high. I tried <laughs> to change something in my PC. I broke it. Okay, we move on with our lives. I could go and try and fix it. Not going to happen. So if I have a Steam Deck, which I do already, and it's easy, and I. I don't tend to sideload things. I know there's a lot of different guides from my colleagues and they're constantly <laughs> giving me tips. Wonderful. Um, but in the end, I want something I can just put my game on and play. If, if, if I'm just got, okay, I've, <laughs> I have this new device and I've got Steam on it and I guess then Game Pass, um, then maybe that's easy enough. But if I, if I encounter one single hiccup then that is seven hundred dollars, <laughs> wholly spent. Um, and I, so I mean, it is. It's it's built for the audience that will buy it. I don't know how broad that audience is. How because it all comes down to ease. That's why the Switch works so well as a handheld thing. You put the game in it, you play the game, the game works, and you go on your plane and you move on. And that's what the Steam Deck did. It came in. You play your games. They're all there. And you get on your plane and you move yeah. on. In all these scenarios, you're all going on a plane. Um, <laughs> or a but, kangaroo yeah. if you're going or, across the ocean. Let's not forget The motion sickness travel. on a kangaroo is real <laughs> and it is serious. Um, but that, that's, that's so where I wouldn't – I am not jumping on any pre-orders for this because I just 
I don't know how difficult it's going to be to get the games from where I have them to where I want them to be. If it's really easy, which I just don't think it's going to be that easy. I'm sorry. I just, I can't see it being that easy. If you're one of those gamers that has a lot of purchases across a lot of different services, you know, if you're not just all concentrated on Steam, if you've got a lot of GOG, if you've got, a, you know, if, if you're subscribed to Game Pass, if you've got these other, you know, if you've got games that are just kind of not available on your Steam Deck or you'll have to do a lot of heavy lifting to try to get them to work on your Steam Deck, this might be a much more attractive solution. And it, it sounds like it's got a little more oomph than the Steam Deck does. I may just be a feature of it coming out a couple years later, but uh, I don't know. I, I, it's a pretty compelling sounding device. We'll have to see how the official launch goes. And, you know, there's still a lot of questions to be answered. These are leaks. These are not official. It sounds pretty official, but you know, when folks get hands on with them, I, I'm going to be really interested to see it, uh, see how it, uh, how, how it stacks up to the steam deck. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's pretty compelling. I'm super curious to see if the next Steam Deck is even easier to sideload. Like, you can add Windows to your Steam Deck, and it's not hard, but I would say it's air quote hard. You know, <laughs> like, it's yeah. not it's not the easiest thing in the world, and it doesn't, it doesn't, there's not a, when you start it up for the first time, it doesn't tell you how to do it. You have to go to a website or YouTube and look up how to do it. And right. if this thing is just opening up to Windows, and if it comes with a Windows license already... And that's your first prompt. I think for a lot of people, that's pretty intuitive. <laughs> How you know? much of a bummer would it be if you turn this thing on? And it's like, would you like to purchase Windows? <laughs> I d- hey, I've bought enough PCs I mean, that I it is the Wild West. You it know? Might. It's like Windows isn't on here, but here's all this shovelware crap we put on. <laughs> we loaded we loaded Linux on it. You know, is that cool? Could you imagine every time you start this thing, it goes, uh, "Your McAfee free trial has expired." <laughs> oh, to <geez>. you. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> It's, it's awful. I uh, think it's enticing. I think it's enticing. Yeah. It, I think the hardest part might be just logging into all your, like how compatible, it, you know, like moving around. I go, you could hook up a mouse and a keyboard, but like using just the device. And then what does the screen look like to log into the Epic Game Store? And, you know, like all that. I mean, I hope again, they have a front end. I hope that it's they not do. just. They do. Yeah. They do. But yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, I'm excited. Man, we'll, we'll talk more about it. But uh, these yeah. leaks sound pretty, pretty exciting. Um, I guess my, my story of the week this week, I mean, obviously those two are huge, uh, or at least the first one was Christians. I don't know. Kind of phoning it in, but, um, the, <laughs> how's your VR headset return going, Jeff? Did you get that? It, out the I, door? I, I, it worked. Yeah. The, I, the money showed <laughs> up. It did. It did. <laughs> Good. Um, anyway, uh, speaking of Activision Blizzard, uh, it sounds like, uh, despite a, a lot of speculation to the contrary, it sounds like. There will be a mainline full Call of Duty release this calendar year, which usually means fall time period. Uh, some folks were speculating that uh, Activision was going to start this um, this uh, non-yearly release schedule for Call of Duty, uh, kind of how um, Ubisoft changed Assassin's Creed to not come out every single year. Same with uh, Splinter Cell. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> really taking the Splinter Cell model, uh, you know, the old decade gulf between. Um, no, obviously, Call of Duty comes out every year, and there's a big one, and they have these rotating, uh, rotating studios that you know can be working on one for a couple of years, uh, but because they're staggered, you know, one can come out every year. And for a long time, you could even predict which studio was going to be doing the next Call of Duty game because 
there was an order. It, it was all uh, working like a well-oiled machine. No longer the case. Um, the uh, There isn't any even any indication as to which studio is next up. Um, we know there's going to be a um, an update or a, some sort of DLC for uh, the current iteration uh, coming soon. But... <clears throat> But in an earnings call this week, Activision uh, said there will be a, quote, full Call of Duty game this year. Uh, there is no information beyond that, uh, but they confirmed that it's happening. They didn't say which developer is going to be doing that, um, but they did say it will be happening later this year alongside Warzone Mobile. And and that, uh, you know, regardless of whether Microsoft owns them at the end of the year or not, uh, that sounds like the plan. So, Benjamin, I'm curious, do you think this is a good thing for Call of Duty? Or, uh, you know, do you think that the franchise needs to take some time off? Um, I actually think they made the decision after the CMA decision came through, and they're like, well, we're not getting our merger money. <laughs> so we better release another Call Can we spin one play. of these up in the next few weeks? Guys. <laughs> Come on, guys. That's how easy. That's how game development works, right? Yeah, yeah. No, um, that's definitely accurate. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I just, it's just so not surprising. It just feels like absolutely they're going to, Activision is not one of those, uh, they're not one of those companies that leave money on the table and Call of yeah. Duty sells like hotcakes every time. Um, so this just feels like, of course, this was going to happen. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly, I, I, alongside Warzone Mobile, I'm just, okay, all right. That, yeah. That's, I'm, I'm no, I know they're not paired. I know there are several, it's like, we're going to release the game and you will get a mobile device and it will have Warzone Mobile on it. And it's a whole package. It's the collector's <laughs> edition. And here's some right. night edition goggles. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, this just, it just feels like the most inevitable, obvious right? thing. Yeah. In, inevitable in a, in a, in a year full of everybody's getting their games out and it's a year of uh, too many games. Uh, then uh, yes, I know. I, <laughs> I was like, I should, I should give Jeff the chance. Nailed it. Nailed there we it. go. Nailed it. Um uh no, but uh yeah, it's it's I I mean I'm not I'm not a Call of Duty player. I'm just telling you all the things I'm not in this episode. Yeah. I, well I'm not a PC player and I and I don't play <laughs> Call of Duty as much. But I will play it if IDN kindly provides me a code for it. Um <laughs> otherwise, uh this will be a game that I'm like, well, a lot of people are playing it. Great. All right, we better make some news on that. <laughs> Uh, Christian, you and I are also, you know, have fallen off the Call of Duty bandwagon several years back. Um, so, you know, I, I think we we don't really have uh, a huge horse in this race either. But I kind of have come around on... My, my horse is pretty huge. It's very slow, but it is massive. The horse I have in this race is a big one. Like, I got a Clydesdale just walking around this track. <laughs> All right. Well, you know, whatever works. Uh, very I, big horse. I, um... I've kind of come around on this. I, I, I used to say, you know, they need to take a, a year off, like come back fresh. It worked for oh, Assassin's Creed. It was awesome. I fell in love with the Assassin's Creed franchise when it took a year off and came back. Uh, or maybe it was two Same years Same with off. my wife. <laughs> we had that I gap year with... and she came back. <laughs> it's amazing what a year off can do. Yes. You never know. Yeah. Uh, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Um, but uh, I've come around on this. I, I think that that is not the case with Call of Duty. I don't think a, a year off would make a substantially different. I would not make a game. It, this is maybe I would be surprised, but my 
instinct is it would not make a game that I would get excited about. <laughs> you know, mm. it would just be a year without Call of Duty, and then it would come back and it would be just the same, you know, the same truck, a uh, trucking along, I think. But maybe I'm wrong. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think the thought of like they're going to take a year off and that kind of rumors, I think I feel like started when they had some couple of mediocre titles release in a row. And that has not been the case recently. Like this right. play back into modern warfare, they've been huge. And people yeah. are like, oh, they're going to have to decouple Warzone. They can't just keep releasing an annual release, but then they have this you know, forever battle Royale, there's gotta be. And then they did, they killed one battle Royale to release the next one. That's the two point and it's huge. And so I think as long as these things keep selling the way they are now, again, it's like on this big resurgence, I don't see them taking that year off. Um, they don't seem to have a reason to, yeah. assuming they have the, the, you know, the bodies to make this game. Um, at the quality that they have the the past two have been and at the hype level that the fans have um, anticipated the games it makes sense for them to hit that hit that thing and i think it makes sense for activision to tell their investors that yeah yeah it's coming we got it don't worry you may be getting some bad news this year this this week but we got call of duty coming so that should make it feel better yeah Uh uh-huh uh-huh. All right. Well, let's get into the games that we've been uh, we've been playing because we got some doozies to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. But first, I'm going to tell you about our sponsor, Squarespace. Squarespace. Oh, I love Squarespace. They have been sponsoring the show since its inception, and that's because uh, we like it. I genuinely use it. I built JeffCanada.com on Squarespace, and. I have recommended Squarespace to friends and family uh, since that time for over a decade. Uh, Now Squarespace is the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. Because with Squarespace, you can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything. Your products, the content you create, even your time. Because Squarespace has been completely optimized for creating these incredible opportunities for selling your brand. They have member areas, which make it easy for creators to monetize their content, their expertise in a way that fits their brand. With member areas, you can unlock a new revenue stream to your business and free up time in your schedule by selling access to gated content like videos, online courses, or newsletters. And those videos you can create right there in the Squarespace video app, which helps you make and share engaging videos to to tell your story and grow your audience and drive sales. It's all so simple. Everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box. There's blogging and commenting features, analytics to help you grow your business in real time. Really everything you could possibly want, and it's so easy to make. Even this guy with the thumbs can do it. And if I can do it, anybody can. Check it out for yourself, though. Don't trust me. Check it out because you can get a free trial. If you go to squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me, you'll get a free trial. You don't even have to give them a credit card. And then when you're ready to launch your website, after you've built it, after you've used their tools, after you've seen how easy it is, use our promo code, which is Jeff sent me, J-E-F-F-S-E-N-T-M-E, all one word. You'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Great place to buy domains as well, Squarespace. Again, that's squarespace.com slash Jeff sent me for that free trial and then 10% off from the offer code Jeff sent me at checkout. Thanks Squarespace for continuing to support DLC. Ooh, what you playing this week? 
to talk about ladies and gentlemen that's right the spring apocalypse is upon us uh it is banger after banger after banger over the next several weeks and sometimes multiple bangers inside uh one week uh this week the big release respawns jedi survivor the sequel to uh jedi fallen order uh, which is a game um, Christian and I, I think we, we both agreed uh, we liked quite a lot, but felt like it had some some major flaws. Uh, all three of us have been playing Jedi Survivor. Uh, Christian, I believe you finished it already. I haven't quite finished it. Benjamin, how far have you gotten? <laughs> uh, I, I've just made it to the second location. Okay, all um, right. Never follow a Jedi to a second location. That's one rule. <laughs> um, but uh, tell me what you uh, what you think so far. First of all, how did you feel about Jedi Fallen Order? And uh, and then what what has uh, your first impression of this game been? Well, Jedi Fallen Order felt like a game that had all the right parts, but was pretty messy overall. For me, when I remember when I first loaded it up, it just, I was like, this is great. This is, this is what I want to be. I want to be a Jedi. I want to be moving through these great landscapes. And then I just kept encountering for lack of a better word, jank. And it just mm. kind of kept taking me out of that space of feeling like a total badass. Mm. Um, and so it, I just had a hiccup. It felt unfinished in a, in a world where, you know, a lot of games release and that you were expecting that day one update. Um, it just felt, it just felt a game that never fully satisfied because I kept getting pulled out of that world. Now in saying that, um, because what I do at IGN is so social media focused, we are. We, I was fully on the hype for this game, and as soon as I got back from my trip away this week, I loaded it in, and the in, and the cinematic starts, and I am immediately immediately blown away by just the feeling that I'm getting before I'm even playing the game. I'm like, I'm excited to be Cal again. I'm ready to be back into this universe. Uh, maybe I was just really tired. I was just having this just a moment, <laughs> but I, I the just the opening had me fully excited to be have that controller in my hand and get into it. Now, I, so many of these Star Wars games that we get, and they're, they're very infrequent now, but it, I, it depends on what kind of Star Wars fan I think you bring into it and what your expectations will be, what you want to get out of it. And I found Star Wars very late in my life. Star mm. Wars was not something I was introduced to young. Um, if Oh, God. I'm just going to curse myself here. I, Star Wars felt like, oh, it's one of those old movies. Because the first time I ever saw it was watching it with my grandmother at 3 a.m. when I was like seven. And I was like, what is she watching? What are these? I didn't understand. <laughs> I didn't have that joy of having a role model bring me in going, you were going to love these. This is the characters you should be. So it just Side felt note, like, though, rad grandmother. So rad. <laughs> yeah. She was watching it and knitting at the same time. Amazing. I wore my side, side note. Apparently, I'm Benjamin's grandmother, so that's cool. I feel great. <laughs> feel young. I'm feeling spry over here. <laughs> but when I when I did discover Star Wars, finally, I, I was I was I was fully into it, and it 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 was one of those things like I you know you you I was like what was I missing all this time and everyone who had talked about it and all these friends that I'd had that had it it really just kind of hit me 
in a much more emotional way, being a fully grown adult, um, which I just just hit, by the way, just hit. <laughs> um, so starting this game and feeling that immediately I felt the controls were so smooth and it was the way I wanted it to feel when I first played that, that um, Fallen Order. And I, I you're being on... Coruscant for the first time, just like wow, where am I? Uh, it, I don't know what what else I'm looking for from a game like this. It, it's probably unfair to say in a in a game that is got so much going for him. I'm like, oh, it feels a little empty, and I don't know why I say that. It's just mm-hmm. a feeling that I'm getting while I'm playing it. That just this feels like there is a, a slight. It's just the nitpickiest thing. Slight lifelessness to it that I'm craving more from. It's, mm. And I, and maybe it's just experience with other games, but that that's my only nitpick that I have. But as soon as I landed on the second location, um, and the kind of the freedom opens up in the game, that's where I've just, I've I've been ecstatic. I've been exhausted, and I'm just like loving exploring every inch of this mm. game so far. Uh, Christian, we we will refrain from spoilers in talking about uh, Jedi Survivor. We will do a a spoiler chat when uh, I have caught up and finished. I was I don't know if I mentioned, but I was in the UK for two days this <laughs> having week. Brunch, uh, brunch on a boat. Yeah, on the yeah, Thames. We heard. Um, I will say the biggest compliment I can give Jedi Survivor is it made me not able to remember what I didn't like about Jedi Fallen Order. It's that weird thing where as I was playing Jedi Survivor, I was like, no, 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 this is exactly how the first game worked, right? Like, what what did I have a problem with? Like, what is that? The map, I remember not liking the map. Um, This map works great. What did I not like about, I remember there was some stuff about like getting around and I can't, did I love the first game? Because I'm loving this. Did I love it? It feels to me like it's completely uh, overwrite. Like it's the the painting over the other painting, and you're like, no, no, no. Both those paintings were fantastic. It's like, well, that first painting had some flaws uh, because uh, this one is is such a. I mean, other than some launch woes, which we'll we will get into as far as. Uh, uh, some some crashing and some bugs and stuff like that, which they're patching, you know, pretty pretty hastily. But uh, other than that, I you know I feel like the the mechanics of the game, the the things, those friction points from the first game that I that I was like, ah, if only this could get better. I have been unable to recall the specifics of because it feels like they have all been so well addressed in the sequel. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I remember my my problems with the first game. Um, I was able to to pull those uh, still from my <laughs> Christian, memory. Christian never uh, lets a grudge go. Is is what we've learned. <laughs> um, and so I have a few things I need to say up top about this game. Uh, one provided a code on PC yes. by the publisher. We both were. Two, yeah, I'm both on PC. I'll, I'll say that too. Uh, friends at the company. Yes. Um, three. PC ports in a bad place. Uh, I think Digital Foundry put a video out calling it the worst AAA port uh, of 2023. Um, They are patching it. Uh, I was playing on a pre-release version of the game that was worse than 
the current version of the game. I encountered numerous crashes in the first third of the game. Have you you played it since it's come out? Yeah. Because I haven't had any of the issues that I had after the day one patch. Personally, none of them. I I have still, the crashing has gone away, um, but I'm not sure because I'm not playing those same moments again. You know, I'm in in in-game stuff. Um, The frame rate still isn't stable for what my computer should be able to do. Uh, it has, it has issues. It ha- it has issues. And I don't want to brush those under the rug and, and say that they're not prevalent and that the, in my opinion, the PC port shouldn't have been better. Um, I say all of those things. And at the same time, say, this is one of my absolute favorite third person action games I've ever played. I put a review up on my blog, on my website, christianspicer.com slash blog that went up right at embargo. You can read that if you want. Um, and I am a lap Star Wars fan. I, I, I love Star Wars deeply. I have a Star Wars pinball table in my living room proudly. You know, the folk, <laughs> some people have a fireplace. I have a pinball table. Um, but I haven't watched Andor. Sorry, Jeff. I haven't oh, so watched good, Christian. hardly yeah, any so Mandalorian. Good. I didn't watch Obi-Wan. I didn't watch Book of Boba Fett. I did not like episode nine. Like I am a hardcore lapsed Star Wars fan, but this game I mean, I guess basically, again, it's just the red-haired protagonist. I'm like, I'm in. Um, (laughs) This game is fantastic. Uh, And despite all those PC problems I had of the port, uh, even with the crashing, well, frustrating. That was probably the most frustrating. But none of the other issues detracted from my enjoyment of the game and kind of what its wish fulfillment brings to the table. Uh, I took a whole bunch of notes and some are all over the place. But this game is such a fantastic third-person action game. The way all of the pieces of the core gameplay loop come together, the combat is still borrowing from the Souls-style games of combat, so where parries are important. You're looking for timing. You're you can stumble across a rancor early and be like, "Oh, I guess I live in this uh, area for the next two hours because I'm not moving on until I take this thing down." I, could I? Yes, but I'm not going to. I'm going to do get good me. Um, there'll be enemies around corners that will kind of surprise you and jump out at you. They respawn if you choose to heal, you know, just like the first game. So it's taking from that, but then it has the combat stances, you know, reminding me of the combat in ghost of Tsushima, where I'm changing on the fly, depending on which type of enemy encounters I'm coming up on. Then it brings to the table, these cinematic finishers that harken back to the Arkham games for me, where I'm doing something awesome. And then all of a sudden the camera comes in for this incredible takedown as, you know, Cal jumps on the back of a beast and turns the lightsaber down and stabs down into the head and flips off and then seamlessly right back into gameplay. And then the traversal, gave me feelings of Celeste, not in terms of the difficulty, like, will I pull this off? But in my ability to just seamlessly flow through these spaces in a way that like always felt like I could fail. It also harkened back to Titanfall 2. One of the notes I typed down is like, oh, here's here's this Titanfall 2 level, um, you know, skill the level design skill they put into this game where it's like i see this platforming happen i'm gonna do this do that jump in the air force push droids off a ledge because of course of course i'm gonna force push them off the ledge land the powerful enemy comes down i need to figure out which dance i'm gonna and just like all of these moments playing seamlessly together it's sublime it's absolutely sublime i love battle droids inclusion in the game uh in such a smart and fun way to bring them 
uh, into this franchise. Um, the moment-to-moment gameplay uh, of that core complex gameplay loop was absolutely exquisite. And I say all of that when I then will also say, I gave two craps about the plot. <laughs> you know, like it's fu- it's fine, it's serviceable. I go and do stuff, but I'm not like this is the Star Wars tattoo I get. You know, like it's not <laughs> it's not like this is the story. Um Christian, I'm I'm surprised to hear you say that because of the two of us, I think you're the one who tends to prioritize story in video games much more. So I'm surprised that you could just completely disregard a game that is very much a story game right well yes and and you're right i do think story is often very important to me this story really worked in terms of getting me from point to point you know i found it and i think in our spoiler chat if or when we can get to that we can dive deeper into my issues i think with the narrative in in jedi survivor but i think it's very effective in getting me from point to point you know uh, not necessarily a john wick movie but along those lines of it's like yes here this is all i need now i'm going to go do cool jedi stuff for the next 25 hours like that sounds incredible to me but no i'm not looking back on it and going like this story of this game changed me in a, right. you know in in a, in a an emotional way well, it, but i but think it is services it's trying to tell a cool star wars story yes I, I, and yeah. i i i don't I don't think it succeeds as telling the coolest Star Wars story possible, but it succeeds in being a better story than the first games, I, I think, by far. Okay. Um, and again, I think it succeeds in getting me into these cool locations and these cool combat encounters with, you know, enemies that I believe would be there uh, and, and stuff like that. And again, I, I'll say all those those nits about it, but I loved this game. I will be shocked if it's not in my favorites of the year discussion. Mm-hmm. And I've already started replaying it and, um, you know, going into some of the tweaks post game and making some of those adjustments that you're allowed, that you're then allowed to do. And I find the combat loop so rewarding and so uh, engaging and, and create and the uh, availability of creative ways to take on these enemies um, that I, I don't know another way to rationalize it, you know, other than the thing they set out to do of that core, you know, repeatable moments of fun they nailed so I'm yeah. willing to look past the other problems that, again, if you're considering this game, you, as of now, right now as we're recording this, who knows tomorrow morning, but as of now, they are present. Yeah. Um, but honest to God, hand to heart, it in no way, you know, detracted my enjoyment in my experience um, with Jedi Survivor. I, I was blown away, blown away. I've definitely had a number of issues on PC before the day one patch when I was playing it pre-release. I have not had any issues post uh, day one patch, but I have not finished the game. Um, I think I'm pretty far, but I, you know, I'll report back next week. I think I'll probably be finished by then. Um, it looks really pretty on my my ultra-wide, you know, super ultra-wide monitor uh, with a beefy GP. Uh, it, I will say this, especially after playing Redfall also this week, which does support DLSS 3.0. Every game <laughs> needs to support DLSS 3.0, please. Give me those uh, extra frames, please. I need that AI frame generation. Uh, you know, as as gorgeous as this game is and as, as, you know, playable, certainly as it is, it ain't at 120 frames per second, which 
uh, is what I've gotten a little bit uh, spoiled with with the DLSS three. It's like you know it, those those AI generated frames really do make a huge difference. Um, but technically, I have not had as many issues as as a number of people have, and I understand that because I did have uh, uh, quite a few before the day one patch. Anyway, all of that is to say I'm on the same page with you, Christian. Having not finished the game, I really am loving it, and. I like a lot of the decisions that were made about this being a sequel in that we are in the next phase of Cal Kestis's career as a Jedi. The first game very much is a Padawan, you know, kind of uh, learning some things and he's, he's kind of a whiny kid and he's a bit of a, you know, as a character, not as, you know, wasn't as palatable to me as, as I was hoping. And now he's, he's a little more mature. He's a little more on his feet. He, we start the game having already learned all of the things you get by the end of the first game. Uh, I don't want to spoil the end of the first game, but you learn some lightsabery stuff that you didn't start the game with. And you do start this game with that. And I love that because most video game sequels, you know, Metroid wakes up and all her stuff's gone, you know, or whatever it is. And I understand why you do that in a video game. But it's awesome that they managed to find ways to push this character forward and and also, you know, get new skills, but start with the stances that you already know. The it's, it's cool. Very cool. Also, I love all of the new methods that you get around the world in this one. I won't specify what they are, but there's some really cool new ways that you're able to to, to get around, which is awesome which is different than the traversal than the actual like Jedi traversal wall running and leaping and, and grabbing onto things and sliding down ropes and climbing things, <clears throat> all of that stuff. You know, you, you mentioned Celeste, obviously Titanfall two is a great pull, but for me, the thing that I kept being reminded of is a game that I love does not have the be- best reputation, but is the Prince of Persia game that came out, whatever the, the 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 subtitle less prince of persia game that was that one that everybody hates but i loved because it was you know your friend grabs you at the last minute if you miss a, a fall but it was all about that traversal like every level was how do you get through it what string of cool maneuvers do you do to just navigate through and i found a lot of jedi survivor uh to be quite like that of like how he's got all these different ways of climbing and hanging and swinging and jumping and flipping and all that stuff. And they they strung them together in really satisfying sequences where I felt like I was using all of those different skills back to back to back to back to back and getting through, you know, uh, things that will kill me on the ground. So I can't touch the ground for a long stretch of uh, of time. And I'm bopping between all these different cool things really satisfying gameplay loop. And that has nothing to do with even engaging an enemy. It's just like getting from one place to another. And it retains a lot of the stuff in the first game of, you know, these, these sort of uh, focused narrative pathway, but lots of branching off cool discoverable stuff in a level and in a section of a level. I felt like this game is even more open worldy than the first game was. And to, that's to its credit. I think it's it's satisfyingly so. You know, you'll get a lot of side quests to do where you have to discover a thing or find a place or talk to a person. 
and I, I a lot of you know off the beaten path type cool stuff. And almost any time I took took an extra second to go look in a corner or you know follow a, a a cave or whatever, there was always something interesting at the end of it. Now, having said that. A lot of the loot in this game, I don't care about at all. <laughs> like, I don't care about another little doodad for my lightsaber. You know, like, it, I, it is cool in theory to construct your lightsaber exactly how you want it. I'm just not the guy that's going to spend 20 minutes putting together all the little bits and bobs of a lightsaber to be exactly how I want it so that I can't even see it in the hand of my character. Like, that is cool, and I guess that's the customization that you want in a Star Wars game. And if you're super Star Wars, like, care about how lightsabers are constructed, it's cool. But, man, so many times I, you know, I do a very interesting thing, go to an interesting place, find a thing, and find a chest, and it opens it up. And it's like, you got the knob. And I'm like, I don't care about the knob. I don't care about the knob, <laughs> you know? Uh, and you can custom, you now you can customize your, your little BD1, your little friend, your little droid. Uh, and I found like one customization that I was super into and I'm like, that's what we're sticking with. You know, I'm not gonna, I don't know. It, I, I found that customization. I mean, I like the outfits for, uh, for Cal Kestis. It's funny when you find like a new haircut or a new beard in a chest, like you open a chest, you found a beard. It's like, I found a beard. <laughs> it's a little weird, but you know, that stuff's fine and cool. And, and, uh, you know, oftentimes those outfits are really neat, but for the most part, you know, the, the granularity of the loot system is a little, <laughs> a little more than, than I needed. Uh, but again, that's a pretty minor nit for a game that is just full of epic, cool moments, neat locations, fun characters. There's a bad guy that is sick. Like, I can't believe nobody's ever thought of this in a Jedi game to do. I won't spoil it, but it's pretty cool. Um, and like I said, there's new ways to get around that are really satisfying. Oh, and the game also offers this sort of uh, home base customization, and you get to do all this stuff at your home base that's really new uh, for the franchise. And I thought that part was kind of neat. You know, I, I was into it. You know, you have, there's a lot of stuff that I kind of ignored, but there's enough there that's also kind of interesting and, and fun that I found myself motivated to do the side, the side questy stuff. So, you know, it really, as you said, Christian, it really delivers on that core gameplay loop of very satisfying lightsaber and force power stuff. Although, you know, it, it, I, was, I just got through um, <laughs> lauding this game for letting you start with all of the upgrades you end the last game with. But at a certain point, I also found myself ignoring giant swaths of, you know, there's there are more jet, uh, lightsaber stances than you can use or you can, sorry, have equipped at any given time. You have to, like, get to a meditation point to equip a different stance. And so I basically just picked two that I liked and never and just ignored the third one for the entire game uh, or have so far. Uh, and uh, I don't know. I guess that's fine. But it also feels like if they're that disposable, I don't know. I don't know. There's more than that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. I mean, I I think I definitely played around with them and found I ended up landing on two that I really liked for various reasons. But I definitely 
ended up with a two that is not the two I was was expecting to end up with um, as I as I progressed through the game, and I liked them for different reasons for how I was engaging in in the combat. And I love that it's a beard and a chest. There was an article I think I sent it to you. I think it was on The Verge, and it talked about like how this the authors a lot of their favorite games this year are old games, and I think it's a reason why a lot of these remakes have resonated with me as well. Dead Space, Metroid Prime, Resident Evil Four of like I miss a video gamey ass video game, you know? Mm, and that's yeah. what Jedi survivor feels like. Yeah. I do all this awesome stuff. And I think the traversal on it's great. Like, yes, you can see handholds, but it's also not just like painted yellow. It's kind of like actual structural things that could exist in that world that you can climb. Yeah. So I do this, I take down the rancor or whatever I do. And I get to the end of the thing and I unlock it and I get a goatee and I'm like, hell yeah, goatee. Like that's, <laughs> It feels good, man. I don't know. Like, and again, it is open. It's like hub and spoke open, but it's not, I don't need to live there and check on my, this to get that, to do my, to raise my crops, to do this. And to and like, there's other side stuff you can engage with, but it just, it checks all those boxes for me of like an awesome video game, unapologetic, like hard on its sleeve video game. And the last thing I'll mention as again, I'll talk about this game at the end of the year. I'm sure I love that. Like your AI buddies are super helpful. There were moments yeah. where I was getting wrecked. And so like, I tried to retreat and my then camp companion of that moment in the game took down the thing. And I was like, yes, that's what I, like, in so many of the games like your companion sits there and it's like pew, 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 pews. And you can watch from afar and that enemy will never be downed in this game. They're super helpful. Um, you can call them in specifically to do things as well, but even just untapped, um, they're they're helpful on on the battlefield. Uh, again, uh, is it glitchy on PC? Yes. Is it one of my very favorite action adventure games of all time? Can't both be true, you know. <laughs> like, I I also <laughs> like the fact that the um, the difficulty uh, levels have a lot of um, you know uh, granularity there. A lot of a lot of sub. Um, settings you can do. It's not just like easy, hard, super hard, or easy, medium, hard, or whatever. You can say, hey, I want the enemies to be really challenging still, but I would like my parry window to be a little more generous. So I don't want fall damage. Or I don't want fall (laughs) damage. Yeah, such smart options there. I've never seen a game offer some of those really uh, specific options and I think that's great. I think that's really, really cool. Because for me, I was like, you know, I'm not, I have a psychological impediment to going to easy sometimes, but I'll definitely like let myself have a little bit better, you know, easier chance to parry. Yeah, I'll or do the that. The slow-mo mode is awesome also if you haven't toyed. Maybe if you're in a groove right now, fine. But it's great also because it's not even improving the, improving, lengthening the parry window. It just adds bullet time for all intents and purposes. And like, that's cool. Cause it gives you a little more reaction time. Cause I'm 40, <laughs> you know, it's like, that's, or I've been spending a lot of my uh, post end game stuff toying with all of that. It's awesome. It's really, really great. Yeah. Uh, it's a great game. Uh, I mean, just uh, superb on a number of levels, although the technical stuff is unfortunate and has to be mentioned. One hopes that will be dealt with, and by the time you hear this, you won't even we, we most of that stuff will be addressed. But you know, we we dealt with it uh, to a certain extent. 
Any other comments, Benjamin? I, I, I mean, you're, uh, you're in, right? It's, it's, it's pretty compelling. Uh, how do you feel about the story at, so far? I mean, the, the first, the Coruscant stuff has a lot of story moments. Yeah, the story so far is, uh, is, is super compelling for me. And, you know, it's, it's never going to be, and it feels like it somewhat should be because it exists in this Star Wars universe that, you know, we, we have our top tier story content, which is, you know, The Last of Us and, and, you know, these unch- Uncharted games. And it feels like a Star Wars game is, needs to kind of feel those story epic, like, tiers of, of gaming. Um, and I just don't think it's because of the, the game you are playing that it, it can't hit those notes because it wants you to see these different planets. It wants you to play the game in a certain way, which is why the game is great, but why it doesn't hit those, hit those story beats that may be ultimately the most way a fulfilling story could be told, uh, in a Star Wars universe in a video game. Um, I'm playing on PlayStation five, which is interesting. There was one um setting when it kicked off that i was i hadn't seen before which was viewing distance depending on how close i was sitting to my television and i was like yeah yeah yeah. i'd never i because you know you when you're playing on your tv you sit the same distance the game seemed to just go this is the way we're giving it to you i've never had your field of view dependent on just Mm. how close i wanted to sit to my tv um i haven't played around with that i haven't like you know got as close as i possibly can and twigged around i'm just enjoying what i'm playing now but i have you know it's not as bad as pc but the frame rate drops when i'm just kind of walking around and i'm like oh i'm not really doing anything heavy here but why is the game lagging it was concerning but wasn't ruining the experience in in any significant way the one thing i will say about the customization because again i think it's also very funny that you can just pull a beard out of a chest um where did you two get your beards, gentlemen? <laughs> I, there's always some. There's a level of immersion that I wish that you know, pull a beard out, and then and you go, okay, I'm gonna switch the, I'm gonna switch to full beard, cow, just to have him just be like, kind of wipe his face down and have his beard just kind of appear. So it's got <laughs> yeah. some like maybe just grew it with his force powers, or you know, if you go to the goatee, he just pulls out his lightsaber and starts just kind of shaving away. Would be really, would be really fun. Um, but there's. <laughs> There's one feature in a game and it's so dumb and <laughs> maybe I'm the only person who would do it. But if I'm customizing my lightsaber, when I finish the game, I want a prompt to come up and like, would you like to buy this exact version <laughs> of your lightsaber in real life? That would make customization interesting. And I would be dropping yeah. the two grand on that. Um, <laughs> and then I would have questions from my wife. Um <laughs> And I'll be like, it's tax deductible. Um, I don't know how tax works. Um, but yeah, no, it's, I'm fully in. I, I can't wait to get back into it tonight uh, mm. and see how far I can get. Benjamin Singh, let's wrap this up quick, Christian. Let's wrap this up quick. That is uh, what I did. I'm that's, a, that's on YouTube. I did. I mean, yeah, not quick. Yeah. I spent a lot of hours in it. but uh, I was on, on a plane for nine and a half hours, Christian. I tried to play it on Steam Deck. No go. No go. No maybe you go. need an ally. Uh, maybe. Maybe me need that rogue ally. $700 to play Jedi Survivor on a plane, you know? Cheaper than a lightsaber. Cheaper than a lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Benjamin, what else is on your playlist? Well, unfortunately, nothing new because, as we know, um, Tears of the Kingdom, Zelda Tears yes. of the Kingdom, is coming out Right shortly. around the corner. Yes. And I, I wouldn't count myself as a Zelda fan. 
again, like Star Wars, it was something introduced later in my life. But there's one thing when you started IGN that they will tell you, they will or ask you, they'll say, what is your favorite video game of all time? Mm. And I dare to say 70 to 80% of the time is Breath of the, what is it? Breath of the Wild? I'm getting my, <laughs> my titles confused. Um, and so in preparation, I've been putting some time into Breath of the Wild. And Wait, no, 70 per, 80% of the time someone says that or 70 per, yeah. 80% of the time you say that oh no they they you get one question i i answered uncharted and then i went well what oh. can i change my answer tetris um a <laughs> uh, tetris i'm i'm game to go go head to head with any tetris player ever wow just because it's fun i'm not good but as i just want to play competitively <laughs> it's like losing it's just <laughs> i love losing i love a good lose um plus I, <laughs> they can teach me something i don't know um but yeah so i'm making my way through some of the breath of the wild and when the game first came out i had borrowed a friend of mine's copy and i got about six hours into it and it was it was fine it wasn't clicking with me mm. um and and so you kind of just drop it and just you kind of you move on and so I, I wanted to make a determined effort to really get on board with what this game was trying to do, especially when everyone tells me how great it is. There's nothing better when you didn't click with a game and everyone else tells you how good that game is. So yeah. I've, been, I've just been plowing away in that and I'm loving it. And I am definitely not the biggest uh, Nintendo Switch fan on my team. And so I, I seem to fill a spot of uh, more the negative Nancy when it comes to this stuff. Um, you know, Nintendo games are wonderful. Then I always say, you know, Switch has the worst versions of all the other games, um, <laughs> which it's not a lie. Um, right. Yeah, well, so true. Yes, I'm playing Breath of the Wild. I cannot wait now for Tears of the Kingdom to see, just, especially when you're kind of playing through all these mechanics for a first time, when you know the sequel is just there and you're seeing what you're playing and you're seeing what they're offering next. And you're like, ooh, well, I can't wait yeah. to put those weapons together and try that thing. I wish I could do it right now. I'm getting a little bit of uh, FOMO that's not happening right now for me. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, it's just getting me fully hyped for what's, what's about to come. Yeah, you know, an another thing uh, about uh, Jedi Survivor is that it, it borrows heavily from uh, Breath of the Wild. You know, there are there are definitely um, Breath of the Wild style kind of shrine challenges, which I don't think the first Jedi game had. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe I know they had it, there was plenty of puzzles in that game, but I didn't have these kind of like, you know, encapsulated puzzles. Christian, am I, am I wrong there? It's the same painting, Jeff. It's just been painted over. Um, yeah, I don't remember. All, I don't remember. the same painting, yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I've the lady tried those, her best to way. paint over the thing, and, you know, she was helping the community church when she went in to, uh, to freshen up all those paintings. <laughs> I've, been, I've been enjoying those, uh, those things in Jedi Survivor. I thought they were... They're, they're great. Really I like well. them. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Um, let's talk about the other game, uh, Christian, that uh, you and I... <clears throat> have been playing, uh, both have been playing. And uh, that is a game that has uh, caused us to uh, delay the release of this episode. It is uh, the new Arcane Studios release, uh, highly anticipated Redfall, uh, which you and I both uh, got early, got codes for uh, on Steam. Uh, so we've both been playing on PC, on BVGPs. Uh, this game does support the DLSS3, man. It is silk, 
Silk. It's like playing in butter. Vampire butter. Just very unhealthy. Very unhealthy vampire butter. <laughs> um, it'll give you cholesterol. And also suck your blood. Uh, Christian, what is your feeling about Redfall? So I also uh, took notes on Redfall as I am, I'm playing through it. I have not wrapped Redfall yet. I'm uh, over 10 hours in uh, per what you know the game is telling me how far I am in Redfall. And my, the first note that I wrote down is that it's hard to switch to Redfall after playing Jedi Survivor. Um, and part of that might just be preferred like a third person action game. I gen generally tend to prefer over first person shooter game, but there was a like, Oh man, I just had one of my favorite gaming experiences. And now I'm um, not feeling Redfall a hundred percent. And so my, you know, like short this far into the game review would be, I really love that they took a swing on making this this co-op game an experience. But I think in doing so, delivered a little worse of an experience of what I'm looking for when I come to an arcane game. If you go back and listen to our Deathloop episode or episodes, I was very high on that game, praised it multiple times. It felt new. It felt fresh. Um, with what they were doing kind of within that sandbox of how they build their levels and what the world is and what the story is and all of that stuff. Um, I'm sure we've praised Dishonored and Dishonored 2 um, a bunch as well. In Redfall, while I love the look, I love the aesthetic, I love the idea of this quaint, you know, town uh, being blocked off from the world. And, you know, you see the vestige of like the small, very like, touristy kind of like here's the the light tower here's the historical marker here's this that and the other but now just kind of run amok by these vampires um i think that's all very cool but the game feels uh kind of like benjamin was saying his impression for some of star wars redfall feels emptier to me than a lot of other arcane games in those moments between set pieces the open worldiness of it feels emptier where oftentimes i feel like i'm just going from point a to point b without much to pull me one way or the other that feels satisfying there's a lot of what i would call ubisoftification of my map of like do the safe house so now i have a safe house because that's done but it was such a small moment it didn't give me enough of that arcane goodness you know of like ooh, this is this is this level puzzle that i figured out the best way to to crack with my character. And I think also because of the co-opification of it, my character, I I wish I had all the powers, (laughs) you know, very selfishly. I'm like, Oh, that character has that cool power. This character has this cool power. And while my powers have gotten cooler as I've unlocked, you know, my character has progressed. They're still those powers. Um, I still have three, three powers. That's all I have. And yeah, you can kind of tweak them to some extent or whatever, but it, it doesn't change. And I can't, change characters mid game. So I can't be 10 hours in go now and go, Ooh, you know what? I really wish I was this character. The game's like, no, you can't, you can't do that. This is your character unless you want to start over. And so there are some stuff in it that I really love. Uh, I won't spoil any missions cause I think they're, they're very fun and inventive. Like there are some missions that when you get to them and they're, and I don't mean you find it on the map. I mean, mission, like you select this, you go to the war table this is the mission and you go and do it. 
that are awesome. And you know, you're in this environment and figuring out how to do it. And I think I have the best way in, but then there's this terrifying vampire enemy there. That's going to not allow that. And it knew I was going to try to do it because this, that, and the other, and super well thought out, you know, kill box upon kill box upon kill box that I'm trying to navigate my way through. And I love those moments, but for me, these, this 10 hours in, it's not giving me enough of them. Uh, where I feel like it's not what I was hoping for, um, despite there being a lot of good in there. And then a co-op, uh, Jeff, I'll pass, I'll pass to you for your general thoughts, and then we can kind of get into some of the co-op stuff about the game. But I'm curious how – you didn't love Deathloop, if I remember correctly. Is I did not right? love Deathloop. I did not love Deathloop. I loved um, Deathloop. I loved Dishonored and Dishonored 2, but I, I could not get into Deathloop uh, no matter how hard I tried. I don't know why. Um, but – uh, I, I don't know. I, I Redfall was an uphill battle with me just because, you know, I tend to not love that horror theme. Uh, I'm not I'm not looking to, you know, be spooky scared when I walk into a room and, and have a vampire jump out at me. I'm not a, opposed to it necessarily, but it's not a game I'm going to gravitate to naturally. I'm not like, oh, awesome. Arcane's doing a vampire game. I can't wait. That said, I agree with you about the aesthetic. I think... The art direction in this game is fantastic. I love that it's a little cartoony looking. It's a little exaggerated. The character designs, I think, are really cool. Everything feels a little Saturday morning cartoon-ish. Um, but, and brightly colored. You know, for a for a dark yeah. uh, vampire <laughs> yeah. game, it's not a lot of color. Uh, it's bright. It's vibrant. And, and that's kind of neat. The, the city that, or the little town you're in, uh, Redfall, is... Um, I guess that's the name of the town, right? This is Redfall. Uh, is uh, like if all the lights turned on and the vampires weren't there, it'd be like a delightful place to hang out, you know? Yeah, you um, get some clam chowder or a lobster roll. Yeah, or yeah, you visit yeah. the lighthouse. Yeah, it looks great. And there's st- and it still has that with, you know, clouds of uh, red dust and, and, and <laughs> spooky, scary vampires and, and cultists. Um, but I, and I think the game does a really wonderful job of giving you information. I love how... You can see whether uh, characters uh, know you're there or not. I love how uh, the damage pops off of them when you when you attack. It does a lot of things right, and I found myself you know playing more of it than I probably than I expected I would want to, um, because I think my biggest criticism of it is other than the milieu, other than the vampire nature of it, which will be a selling point for many. I, our friend Anthony Tarmina, like that's what he's excited about because he's super into vampires, right? But other than that, other than that aesthetic, it doesn't really have much unique to offer than a numerous other games that do this kind of thing, right? It's kind of doing the Destiny 2 thing. It's kind of doing... Back for blood a little bit. It's you know, it's this co-op-y looter shooter. Uh, you know, it's kind of the division two. It's kind of it's kind of all of these games, and and I guess that's not unusual, right? It's <laughs> it's in a genre, it's in a subgenre where games do a lot of similar things. I just don't know why. You know, I guess if we were super into vampires, we'd be all over this game, but. You know, I, it, it does a lot of things really well. It looks great. It's super smooth. 
it's LSS 3.0 is phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal. But yeah, and I didn't have the um, I didn't have the the feeling that you have of like oh the things are kind of empty and spread out. I actually really enjoyed wandering into a thing and discovering something. Oh, there's if I wander off the beaten path, I'll find a little you know I found like a folding chair and a and a sniper rifle and like a guy's like <laughs> toilet paper and a, a book. Like he was sitting there shooting at vampires, right? And he's gone, but I can take his sniper rifle. Oh, and by the way, I can also take his toilet paper, his magazine. Like the game lets you loot all kinds of really cool stuff in the world and and it'll just transform it into into currency for you. I like that. Like I like the fact that I'm looting all these cool things. It feels like I'm a survivor. And the, you know, it's got a bit of fallout in it where, you know, there's you open a drawer and there's a bunch of stuff there. And you can it just feels the world feels a little bit more rich to me when there's a lot of extraneous stuff that is also useful to me. So, you know, I found that I was discovering things off the beaten path. I would go, you know, there's a lot of buildings that seem interesting, but you can't go in them. That's a bit of a bummer. But overall, I kind of found the world itself to be pretty cool. The biggest gripe, and this is what you, you know, were handing off to me and and teeing up, is that uh, in contrast to a lot of those other kinds of games like Destiny 2, which I've been playing a lot lately, when when you and I got into co-op, only the host of the game gets any story or mission progression. The visitor to your game will get experience and currency and items that you find. But I, I don't understand why anyone would design a game like this where that's the case. Because if I'm going to get into this game world and play, I, you either have to play with the same person every time or people every time so that, you know, you're just all going through this story together and it doesn't matter who's hosting. You know, you just the same person hosts every time and you guys all go through it. Or you're redoing things redundantly because you're playing with different people at different times and different hosts and you want your progression to it just it's so cumbersome, so unruly and frustrating to me that I don't know why anybody would would want to do that. I don't. And 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 there are a number you you pointed out, Christian, there's there are more than one game that does it this way. I don't know why any game does it this way. Yeah, it, it's a bummer. And not only then the main mission, you know, doesn't carry over, but like the side missions, the fun that we found along the way that were like side missions or side challenges to things to do, those also didn't. Like, yes, my character leveled up and, you know, I got that experience back and could go and do that. But it's a bummer then when I go back to my game and it's like, go defend the, you know, uh, lighthouse uh, porch. And it's like, well... I know what that is. And so unless you're really into grinding for items or rare drops or something that, again, I'm over 10 hours in, but I'm not at that point of the game yet where I could see like, oh, I want to do this again because that vampire, there's a good chance for this drop and I'm trying to get this perfect character for uh, such and such or whatever that it's worth doing. Um, it, it, it just feels it feels like a bummer to see that mission on my map knowing you did that it. you did it yeah i i did it doesn't it, make have... any sense to me it doesn't i mean again i don't code video games for a living so i'm talking from a place of ignorance but boy it doesn't seem like a difficult thing to just check off the mission as having been completed by both parties well, even if it even if it is difficult it 
feels like that time should be spent on it because it feels like it should be, it feels important. And, you know, we were talking before, it's like, yeah, just if I've done it and you haven't, give credit to you. And if you both haven't, give credit to both. If we've both done it, let us replay it. (laughs) You know, like, let us- It's so crazy to me. It's crazy to me that you could, you could play, we were playing together for hours. You went back to your game and you had accomplished none of the things we accomplished together. That never, I don't, I would love people to write in and tell me I'm wrong, but I can't imagine any situation where that feels good. It, it, it feels, right, it just, Benjamin? It, right? Well, yeah, it, it just feels like one, like the co-op element was decided further down in the development process rather than incorporating that as something that was satisfying from the get-go. Like what, what's the, what is the solution for, for in a co-op game that want, you want to tell this story so that everybody who joins the game is fully satisfied? Because as you like, I'm I don't want to replay stuff I've just played. I just don't. And so if I go back to my own game, which again I have not played this game, but if that's just in any game at all, if uh, yeah. unless I'm doing a new game plus, I don't want to just redo something I've just done. So make it satisfying well, for everyone playing. The the notion that you would spend multiple hours with someone in their game doing missions, and then you come back to your game and you open up your you go to your war table and you open up the thing and it shows you all those missions having not been accomplished. It's just unacceptable for me personally, but I'd, lo- I'd welcome anybody in the audience telling me why that's a good thing. And I feel like it could make some sense again in end game stuff, but even if, you know, you'd mentioned you, you partner up with somebody and you play the whole game that way, I think it would still feel bad if we played the whole game that way, Jeff, we ran the whole yeah. campaign that way. And then we finished and then I went to back to play. Yeah. And, and I like, have mission this- one. Welcome yeah, to the my start. <laughs> level 20 character, but that's still just like, well, I can't even do the end game content that I want to do. It's not only I have to run the whole game with you. I have to constantly play the whole game with the person or I'm going and rerunning those missions. And some of them, you know, might be worthy of a replay because, the you know, you want to experiment and, and, you know, figure out how to get into this area in a certain way or whatever. I certainly yeah. enjoyed doing that in other arcane games. So some of them might be worth that, but making it forced and not only forced, but I have to do them sequentially, <laughs> you know, yeah, it is. again. Yeah. And then my, my other kind it's of It's an open world it, game, but it, it doesn't work like that. It's not like you can just stumble onto a mission. Yeah. Yeah. And, and some of my other nits in, in my, uh, you know, 10 hours plus with the game are that even with abilities unlocked, I still feel like I can't. I think it might've been IGN's previews where comments were like, so the way you fight vampires is you run backwards from them. No, that was, that was Taramina who was, who was saying that on our okay, show. Okay. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it kind of is, even with my character who, again, I'm not fully leveled up, but I'm pretty leveled up. A lot of times my, what I'm doing is running away. Like I do my power, do my power. Okay, like Destiny, I'm flying across the map, I'm jumping, like it, it feels more dynamic in my movement set. Even again, Deathloop, I know ex- I, I can picture exactly what I do in those combat scenarios to kind of zip my character around this space. And, and Redfall played solo doesn't offer me those opportunities. Now, played in co op, it opens the door a little bit because I'm not running backwards. I do my power, then Jeff sets his power off, draws the enemy attention that way. I can flank yeah. around and do X, Y, Z, but I, I, I don't think saying it's better with friends <laughs> is an allowable save, right? Like, yeah, everything, this show is better because we're, we're friends. Like it's fun <laughs> to do this show with people you enjoy talking to. Um, 
Well, and, I mean, and, and it's so, fun. It's fun to have the diversity of power sets when you yes. select different characters. First of all, like you said, you're kind of locked into a character. So I hope you you picked different characters than the people you want to play with to get that very. I mean, I guess you could stack the same power, and that's cool too. But yeah, but also, you know, you're playing Dishonored or even Death Loop. It's like, well, I'll craft the character that I most enjoy from a variety of different power sets rather than hoping I play with somebody that has that complementary power set that I might need in this given situation, you know? Uh, so yeah. that's a little bit of a bummer. The, you know, the other thing is, um, I mean, we should say, I personally think the, the way the vampires are handled in the game is pretty cool. Like the idea that you can't kill them outright. You have to stake them in a heart or use some sort of, burn them it's or a use... push pull like a nice doom 2016 like it yeah. pulls you into combat in a cool way i like that i like that i think that's a neat distinction in the game is that there are a bunch of just cultists that you deal with like any other first person shooter but there are also these special enemies and there are varieties of these special enemies but that you can't just kill outright they will heal if you you know don't stake them in the heart or or uh use a know, special use... weapon or power later right yeah. And that's cool. You know, one of the things you were mentioning when we were playing co-op is that the game really needs a a, a weapon wheel uh, because you can only have three different weapons queued up to, to switch between. And there are so many other weapon types that you'll get and you'll want to have handy. I kind of don't understand the limitation of not having a Horizon, you know, Zero Dawn style weapon wheel to just let you have... I want to be able to use the game's full bouquet of weaponry you know don't make me focus in on just three weapons i like yeah we we re-ran a combat encounter because i think you were like i want to do this with this weapon and it's like well yeah and you can't do that i mean i guess you could pause go into loadout go but that's not fun you know that's not and then i think (laughs) we were playing also it's i do love that you can loot almost anything like so many things you pick up and it's currency and that's fun and i think it's cute but then also you kill a cultist and they drop an awesome weapon. And it disappears. It's it just like <laughs> yeah, that's not how you get weapons. That's not how you get weapons. Yeah. They'll drop ammo for that weapon, but the weapon itself will fall next to their body and then it will like vaporize. And you're like, but they had an assault rifle. I want that. <laughs> yeah. I I think my, you know, if Twitter was still a thing, my it, it is a Redfall is a very good game that can be a lot of fun played with friends it is not arcane's best i think i think that's my, fair my and you know it's it's game pass so if you've got game pass give it a shot uh when it comes out but and and if you're into vampires i think this game will provide a lot of fun if you're like oh my gosh i love you know gothic horror i love that i love vampires specifically or even just sort of horrific games because there's a lot of moments where you're walking into a creepy basement and you hear creepy sounds and that's fun. If you're into that, this game delivers it. And, you know, so there's, it's going to be fun for a certain subset of people that isn't exactly my Venn diagram. Uh, I had more fun with it than I thought I was going to, but it's not going to be a game where I'm like, well, I'd rather play this. I'd rather this be my married to game than D- Destiny 2, for example. Uh, I think Destiny 2 kind of provides a superior experience to this on almost every level. Oh, so. I lied. One last thing. Steam Deck. It's great. <laughs> oh, I didn't try. I didn't even try it. 
Yeah. I enjoyed playing it on, on, on Steam Deck, well, which is good. a great way to play the game. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Christian, I, I noticed you also played uh, Star Rail, the Honkai Star Rail, uh, which is, you know, hit 20 million user downloads. Yes. Huge so the hit reason- already in one week. I, it's the same developer as Genshin Impact, and yep. we can be brief here. I want to mention this for two two things. One, boo, you still can't invert camera. Genshin oh, Impact doesn't let you invert your camera. You know what? It hasn't. Join the rest of us in the real world, Christian. I'll do that when you start writing with your right hand, Jeff. Okay? <laughs> fair. Fair <laughs> get, point. Get some real scissors. Um. <laughs> Christian was born inverted. Thank you. I was actually You're, the head, you know, uh, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> um, and two, the other reason I wanted to mention this game is specifically for you. I am early. I'm, I'm an hour and a half. I'm tutorializing my way through it. I want to have a longer conversation about this game because I find it's monetization and Genshin, which I haven't talked much about on this show and maybe 10 hours cumulative of that game as well. But I find it's monetization very interesting. Uh, it clearly makes all the monies, but it also doesn't feel as bad as so many others that are in the genre. But yeah. specifically, I want to mention Star Rail for you, Jeff, because it is turn-based. I know. And I don't know if a lot of people know that. So to our listeners as well, Genshin is real-time combat, uh, and I think very well done, and in many regards, very well done real-time combat. Honkai Star Rail is turn-based, and it was just a couple of weeks ago that you were lamenting losing that. And this is a huge game that you can get play a lot of for yeah. free that again, in my 90 minutes to two and a half hours of, of playtime, aside from when I'm walking around the map, I can't figure out where the heck I'm looking. You <laughs> 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 keep looking down at your shoes. Uh, uh, I, did, combat... I downloaded this last night and I played okay, it for about okay. 20 minutes. Okay. And good, I was like, good, good, good. Oh, Oh, interesting. Interesting. So uh, yeah, I will report back. Uh, right. but I, I, I played a fair amount of Genshin. You. I got pretty okay. pretty into Genshin for a little while, um, but yeah, this it, it is it really is Genshin, but sci fi and turn based. And I'm like, you ride a train through space, like that's the best. Thing. Pretty cool, <laughs> it's, and it so, looks yeah. great. It's, yeah. I'm playing it's free on free to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll talk that's more all. about that one. Great, uh, and we will. All right, well, um, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. We do have parting gifts coming up, so stick around. For those but benjamin watts thank you so much for being here sir it's been so much fun having you well this has been a, a bucket list moment um to be here with you guys it's been such a pleasure thank you for having me oh of course uh tell folks where they can keep up with you and all the cool stuff that you do online all right guys well don't just ignore me i'm not really around um no you can follow me <laughs> uh, if you if you if you have followed any of IGN's social media you will see my dumb dumb goofy face all over that um if you want to follow me personally well aren't you so kind it is i'm benny watts everywhere that has a platform so benny watts anywhere uh, i'd love to see you there that's with a y not an ie right e-n-n-y benny watts it is with a Y. Yeah. There you go. Christian Spicer, what about you? What do you got going on this week? Uh, website's the best place to see if a, a, a bloggy a bloggy comes out this week. I don't think I have one coming out. <laughs> Goes through emails in head. Um, but that's christianspicer.com where you can find that. I also have a newsletter that I've neglected, I'll be honest. Uh, usually it's once a month, but I haven't been on top of it because I think I've been 
rolling credits in too many games, bro. 2023. I'm getting it done so far. Yeah. Getting it done. But that is at tinyletter.com slash Christian Spicer. And this next one is going to be about the problem of why I can't write them is uh, too many things. Bad question mark. Um, what have we <laughs> lost by having everything? Um, <laughs> I, I think is the... I think is the thesis. And then really, if you want to get a hold of me or come hang out, it's the Discord. DLC Discord is where I'm kind of spending my time. Uh, I mentioned at the top of the show, great community, uh, really fun conversations. And Redfall has been selected as this month's uh, Game Club Game of the Month. Thank you for remembering to mention that. I was I, I noted to myself to mention it, and I totally missed my note. But thank you. Yes, they, they do a monthly uh, in the Discord. They do a monthly Game of the Month. So yeah, Redfall. Uh, if you're looking some, for folks to uh, jump in and not progress their game at all with you, maybe you can find some. Right find there. someone who has a different character than you and is willing to let you have the save. Uh, yeah, <laughs> join yeah. the Discord. That's how good the folks are in our community. They will, they will yeah. selflessly help. You know? <laughs> uh, Jeff, what about you, my friend? Well, you can always uh, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T. Uh, email us here at the show, dlcfeedback at gmail.com. And I have other shows, uh, the Filmcast, which is about movies and TV shows. <clears throat> we are talking uh, Sisu this week. And then next week, uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which I have already seen. It's quite good. Uh, so you, uh, check us out. It's always good fun talking about movies and TV shows on the Filmcast, available wherever you get podcasts. Also, I do a comedy science show. We can learn something and laugh along the way. It is called We Have Concerns. And I do a sports show called The Fan Controlled Show. Uh, we uh, we do that on the Fan Controlled Sports and Entertainment Networks on YouTube and uh, Spotify, everywhere else you get podcasts. All right, let's wrap the show up now with our parting gifts. Hey, give us a suggestion. Benjamin, do you have a suggestion to help people get through their week? <laughs> it was actually so funny uh, that the fact that I was, you invited me to come and be on this particular episode, and I've just been so busy. I was like, you know what? The parting gift section is where I'm going to really get to stretch my legs. <laughs> um, and I was just like, I've got so many things I can talk about parting gifts. Amazing. Um, my first one, and, and this is going to go out to specifically the person who needs to hear it the most. And you'll know who you are. Get some sleep. Just get some sleep. I had this I advice given to me. me this week. I think everybody listening is going, yeah, he's clearly talking to me. How does he know? It was something I, I needed to hear this, this week. Sometimes we get so caught up in everything that we're doing. And it takes an outside force to say, hey, 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 hey. Take a breath. Close your eyes. Give yourself the eight hours, the 10 hours, whatever hours you can get, get some sleep because what it will do for you, the people around you is invaluable. Now, the other one I wanted to um, briefly bring up is I was very lucky enough. Uh, I attended CinemaCon in Vegas this week where they showed an early screening of The Flash. Um, oh boy. Now, whether or not this movie... Uh, appeals to you if you're a DC fan, if you're a movie fan, if you love blockbusters. Um, I I know there's been um, a lot of hyperbole out there about what this movie brings. My my comment is just keep your expectations in check. Don't let the hyperbole 
get ahead of you. It is a lot um, in there. A lot of people obviously are put off, um, you know, with the Ezra Miller of things. Um, but what a, uh, what the director, um, Andy Muschietti, delivers is a very compelling, um, very thoughtful, bombastic take on that character. And if if you do, if you're curious about seeing it, I very much say go out, check it out, uh, but keep those expectations in check because my expectations were high. And I left it a little meh. No, I, I thought it was All like, right. this is great. But I also felt That's like, what I wanted to hear, baby. I put it yeah. low on my uh, summer movie wager for the film cast. <laughs> Everybody else put it super high. I put it low. That's what I'm hoping for. I want to see see it not really living up to expectations. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've, I've gotten all of my team at IGN to also uh, get involved in the summer movie wager. The summer movie Amazing. wager. Yeah, I think it's uh, super fun. And so we've also got our picks in there. I can't remember where I put the, the flash, honestly. Uh, you can go to thesummermoviewager.com the and you'll, uh, you can participate and see all, uh, all the years that we've done it. Pretty cool. Very worthwhile. I think I had the flash at number eight. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. Yeah, I think that's um, kind of where I put it, seven or eight, something like that. Yeah. But yeah, and uh, I don't want to talk for an hour. So I, I will wrap it up. I think those are three good things. Sleep. Amazing. The Flash. Sleep. Summer Oof. movie wager. I like how you're like, you get your eight or ten hours. I'm like, oh, if only eight or ten hours. What a dream. <laughs> I'm living off what a three. Dream. <laughs> Christian Spicer, what is yours? your uh, parting gift? Uh, Magnolia Park's album Baku's Revenge, which came out at the end of last year, which I, I missed. It came out in November 2022, but they released, as many bands do now, a deluxe edition uh, that came out just recently. I think this just this last Friday that adds four new tracks to it. They're a band out of Florida signed to Epitaph that it, this is pop punk. Um, and I love what's happening in the pop punk space. There's like sadder rawer not just my girlfriend left me music that is pop punk and then there's also wonderful pop punk uh, and not they're exclusive uh exclusive of each other but there is also this wonderful wave of pop punk now that's not just people that look like me singing pop punk and i love that the the scene is slowly my god it's happening far too slowly but slowly starting to become more diverse and we're seeing different opinions and different ideas brought to the space that is still very much pop punk um and magnolia park is certainly one of those bands they are phenomenal and if you also missed the album late 2022 be sure to check it out now and broader i feel like i do this every week on this show but dear listener i'm going to encourage you to do it on your own find new music it bums me out when people are like oh there's no new music it's so hard to find new music these days one there is and two no, it's not. <laughs> it's, not <laughs> it's, it's not that hard. Uh, you know, lean into the algorithm a little bit if you want. Uh, and if not, just go in and see. See what's new. It costs you almost nothing to see what's new, what's been released. People, Oh, Game Pass is great. You have Game Pass. You likely have f- free music somehow, even if it's just, you know, shuffled that you can still go and explore. There's so much great new music coming out these days. And I encourage you to find your magnolia park and find your new band that you're super stoked about because they're out there and they're making hits for you so go find them very cool um i mentioned that i uh i was uh in in england this you week did? i on this I, episode you mentioned I may, that? Have, I may have mentioned it a couple times it's pretty okay pretty big moment for me I, the first time i was out of the country and since well before covid 
probably before I had children. Um, anywho, I took a train. I took a train from uh, from Paddington Station to Bristol. And my goodness, was it delightful. But it was not the only time I took a train this week. No, in fact, today, this morning, we took a train. Um, I had some in-laws in town. My sister, my sister, sister, my daughter, my daughter just turned five. And so we've had uh, a lot of the grandparents coming into town and we're looking for something to do. And here in Colorado, in the Denver area, uh, there are there's a, a famous historical train uh, called the Georgetown Loop. And we took that train uh, around the uh, beautiful scenic mountain area of, uh, of, uh, of Colorado. And it leads me to say, my goodness, taking a train is delightful. And it's not something I do enough. If you have the opportunity to take a train, take a train. Uh, scenic, beautiful, uh, relaxing for the most part. I mean, there's different kinds of trains, obviously. There's but, hype uh, trains. You know, you pick your, pick your train. <laughs> yeah, hype train. Woo-woo. Uh, but I, uh, I, the, the train that I took uh, from, from London to Bristol, um, I, I had my Kindle and I was reading, you know, DLC book club. I, but um, it was just so pleasant to be reading and then take a second and look out the window and see the beautiful rolling hills of the English countryside and then read some more. And even with my, my family uh, today in, in Colorado, just like being on a train and kind of having a snack and just relaxing, it was great. So my parting gift is take a train, find a train, find a train to take, and then take it, take that train. Uh, we also got a listener-suggested parting gift. This was sent to us at dlcfeedback at gmail.com. It comes from Brian. Brian writes, I, I wanted to submit a parting gift suggestion of a YouTuber named TheBeast721, T-H-A-B-E-A-S-T, 721, TheBeast721. His videos are primarily Mario Maker content. However, he is currently doing a beating every N64 game challenge that I always enjoy watching whenever a new video ends up in my subscription feed. Basically, he has a giant spreadsheet of every N64 game released in the US and Japan and rolls a random number generator to decide what game he plays next. He plays the game live on his Twitch and then edits his VODs down to about 20 to 40 minutes of YouTube videos that are entirely narrated and scripted over with his commentary about the game the story, mechanics, and his overall opinions on his experience playing through the game. He has a really great personality. The videos are family-friendly, and it's just really cool to see all of the games played through from my childhood and those I've never heard of. He releases these videos about once a week or so, but there is an entire playlist of his past videos on his channel and you can easily dive into. One of the best parts of the video is at the very end where he rolls his random number generator to give you a sneak peek at what game is coming next. Thanks for your time. Thanks for your time, Brian. We appreciate you sending in your parting gift. That sounds fun. Beating every N64 game. I bet I would find that there are a lot of N64 games I did not even know about or remember. Uh, but that sounds fun. Again, that is The Beast 721 on YouTube. If you'd like to have your parting gift read on our show, send it to us. DLCfeedback at gmail.com is where you send those. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Thanks again to Benjamin Watts, Christian Spicer for hanging out with me. Thanks to our musical contributors, Patrick L., Sean Madigan, and Zero Star for those awesome bumpers. Our theme song was composed by White Cube, which is Jason Sherry and T. Ryan Arnold. You can get swag for our show, T-shirts, mugs, fun stuff, by going to dlcswag.com. 
that was set up by Jesse J. Anderson. The DLC book club is going strong. Get in on that uh, on my YouTube page, youtube.com slash Kanata Jeff. And uh, we want to thank you for listening. We we have to thank uh, mostly our patrons because they honestly are the reason we get to keep making this show. It is, uh, it is only because of their generous support that DLC continues and our topmost patrons, the hype train level patrons, they get their names read out at the end of every episode, which I think has been, uh, has been hyped a little bit from the beginning. So Christian Spicer, take it away. episode of dlc see you next time until then think about what you put out into the world make it a better place